when I was uh, pursuing music, one of my first ever live gigs was at the Bluebird Cafe, which is like a really big, like you want to get gigs there because there are a lot of like good networking things. It wasn't even a gig. It was just everybody got to perform one song on these certain nights. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody before me did uh, guitar and used a different microphone. So when I got up, I did the piano and the microphone that was by the piano. And I was so inexperienced with performing live that uh, I didn't do a like a mic test or a check. <laughs> So I immediately go in uh, to the song. Like, I just sit down, and I'm just like, it was so loud. Like, the speakers just blasted. And I'm like, oh, oh. I just tried to roll with it, but I was like, god damn. I think we really got something here. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You got to tell them that you ate your ex. We are some creative guys. Are we about to kiss? No. Hello, and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me, as always, is Brandon, bringing you a very important episode of the show, uh, in which we are making a little bit of an announcement, at least for the remainder of 2020. Yes, uh, we had some deliberation and some discussion on this year, and and uh, I think Stephen and I are always making an effort to try new things for ourselves, see see what it inspires, see what it stimulates. And so for the remainder of this year, we have decided uh, this will be the last episode. Uh, we've never taken this long of a break before um, since starting the podcast. I mean, unless you count, I, I would say since starting uh, the, the consistent yeah. uh, consistency of the podcast for about three years, we've been uh, very consistent, getting an, at least one episode out each week. And uh, I think with this year kind of coming to an end, we're going to be you know going home hopefully, um, and it might be nice for us to just uh, reallocate some of our time into other things. Yeah, I, I think it just this long into us doing the podcast. As Brand said, we don't really ever break. I mean, we, we took a week off sort of recently, and, and we've done a week off here and there over the course of it. But sometimes it is kind of nice to step away from something just to see, like, what happens. Because I think that when you're just when you're in something every single week, you just have a totally different perspective than when you look back at something in hindsight and you can see kind of see what it all is. And I, I think that that's going to be a nice moment is – to look back and actually appreciate maybe what we've accomplished up to this point and get re-inspired to do this all over again. Because though I love doing this every single week, I will admit that there is there is something about it where it does just kind of feel like we're just going through the motions right now. We're not really able to do all the things we want to do because we want to have guests in the show, but we're also trying to be calculated about doing that. So it just it does feel like it kind of comes at a good time to try something different and the plan isn't to just use that time to uh just like do nothing like we were going to use the time to just allocate as brandon said like differently towards what it is that we're doing we've we have some other ideas of things we've been wanting to do that we haven't had the time to do because we've always been doing this or we've been working on um any uh, other various projects but Brandon brought this idea to me and it, it came at a good time because I had been thinking about during this month of just like taking off on my YouTube channel. And then I said, forget it. I'm just going to vlog every day or like try to. And that sort of got me re-inspired again to just do something different, like uh, making videos that are just entertaining, like no other purpose behind it. And sometimes when you do something different, you just get different results and that's what we're trying here we want different results because we don't know what will happen so i think that's what basically led us to making this decision and let's be honest it's not like we're gonna be gone for that long Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that was important to both of us is just because we're taking a break from it doesn't mean that we're not going to be right back at it again um, going full go like we were before if not stronger than ever so yeah that's uh, i wanted to let everyone know that towards the top of the show because i do think that there are people who do tune in pretty much every week, and we are happy that we have those people. But 
now you all know that uh, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to be doing some different things. So it's especially important that if you do want to keep up to date with us, that you follow us um, on our social media. My Instagram is at Stephen Russell B. My YouTube channel is Stephen Russell B. And I also have another channel called Chicago Fun Times. You can find uh, Chicago Fun Times and Stephen Russell B. YouTube channel. Um, actually, they're both connected to honestly all of our channels are connected together through everything must go if you go to the everything must go youtube channel but uh i will be around and then brandon what are you gonna be doing yeah i uh i've kind of committed to a streaming schedule now um so if you if you guys uh like watching gameplay or just want to hang out and chat uh, while i'm playing some games twitch.tv slash flipping gaming um also if you can't catch the live streams, I edit those videos and post them on my Flippin' Gaming YouTube channel. I'm also still trying to hold myself to getting that 50 cover uh, goal by the end of the year. So Brandon J. Flippin, that YouTube channel will be there. And if uh, you want to reach out on social media, my handle on there is at Brandon J. Flippin. I don't even have an Instagram or Twitter for Flippin' Gaming, so that would be the place to do it. But, yeah, I, I think a big part of this is my hope, at least, is – uh, us uh, giving ourselves a little breathing room through uh, taking a break on the podcast might even reinvigorate us in in a way that we didn't expect um, with with the show because like Steven said there there can be some monotony to the process especially in times like these where you're you're sort of limited um, limited on doing all the things that you might want to do and so uh, I mean even the reallocation of our time like we we've been talking about, a big thing that we talked about before I even moved to Chicago was doing skit videos together. And we had done some back in 2018. Um, and then again in 2019 when we visited each other, uh, but we never really committed to, to that this year because it just didn't make sense on any channels. But now that we got the Chicago fun times uh, channel, I think um, we've been kind of itching to, to get some of that done. So uh, this this uh, free up in the in the schedule will uh, allow us to to fit some of that in and, and see what it inspires and I'm really looking forward to it and then obviously we've we've got the holidays which is I think uh, something that we wanted to talk about on this episode um, so to start off I guess for for Christmas what are you what are you looking forward to what are your plans so my, uh, I, as I've talked about before in some of the other Christmas episodes, is like Christmas is really big in my family. We have multiple Christmas parties. Uh, there were some years as a kid where we would do a Christmas get together at um, my with my godfather's family. We would go to my other, uh, basically like my parents' best friends. We would do Christmas with them. Then we would do, um, we have two huge Christmas parties on my mom's side. Each had like 60 to 80 people. So I would go to each of those. Then we'd have Christmas Eve at my grandparents. Christmas Day um, would be at my pl- my parents' place. And then we would go over to my other grandparents' place. So, like, there was so many Christmas-related things that I would do uh, growing up. And a lot of those traditions have still, had ste- or still held steady over the years. Not all of them because there was honestly so much before. I don't even know how we did it. Um, but obviously this year's way different. So the plan, I- I'm going to try and go back uh, to Ohio for a little bit. I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. I didn't feel like it uh, made sense to go back for both holidays. I'm trying to – this is where it, it's a little tough because I do want to be mindful of what's going on, but I also, like, I have been super mindful, so I feel like there are times where I if, – if you do a lot of the right things, I think it's okay to try to uh, experience life a little bit. Like, you don't want to completely throw everything out. So the plan is to go home um, for Christmas. We'll see if it happens. Um, and then, obviously, it'll be super minor. It'll just be like my immediate family. I don't honestly know if I'll see anyone else when I go home. I'll probably just stay at my parents, and that's it. Yeah, that's what I was curious about is how, how is your family going to adjust to this time of year? Like, do you know, ha, ha, have your parents said anything about like what exactly you guys will be doing will you have a nice family dinner or what, what's, what's the plan with that honestly i think the plan is uh just finding things to do at home and then i think what, the one thing we talked about doing was maybe like driving through the area and just like look at houses that have cool christmas lights oh i love that maybe make it to downtown cleveland and see some of the christmas lights 
there as well, but it's going to be extremely low key. Maybe some like some games at home and that's about it. Yeah. I love this time of year looking at Christmas lights. It's one of my favorite things to Me do. Too. I, I uh, it's a little, it's actually, this is my first Christmas in Chicago. I just realized that. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going back home for Christmas as well, but uh, my like first Christmas time mm-hmm. to be it's in all, Chicago. It's actually, it's, it's great. To, that's one thing I really like about Chicago. They do a good job with the Christmas time. Well, I I have noticed that, like going for like some night walks and stuff. Just uh, all the places that have Christmas lights out. There's, there's that's one thing about this year. It's not even just like the Christmas holiday. It's just like the season of it. It feels very magical and mystical, and um, it kind of reminds you of what it was like to be a little kid again. And uh, especially in the city, I think there's there's already some of that energy by living in a big city. At least to me. Um, but then when you are walking around and, um, I mean, we did that vlog where like that school had all these Christmas decorations, uh, laying out and stuff. Just, just being around that stuff is really, um, infectious and, and makes me really excited for this time of year. Um, as far as my plans go, I am hoping to go home as well. I, I'm going to monitor it because obviously this time of year, um, as we've seen, uh, cases are going up and, and, and they've been talking about, um, you know, stuff being uh, a little worse, uh, in terms of the, the contagion of it and whatnot. So I, I'm going to be very mindful of that because my sister, my youngest sister, uh, is going to college, but she's got to kind of be even more careful than, um, normal because if she were to get something, she wouldn't be able to go to college. So keeping an eye on that, but I think everything should be fine. Uh, like Steven said, we're, we try to be calculated to make sure that we can, uh, do the things that we want to do. Um, and, uh, go, I'll go back to Minnesota, which is also nice because I don't know if it's going to snow here in time for Christmas. And I always feel like Christmas time, you need snow on the ground. I feel like I'll definitely get that if I go back to Minnesota. Um, really looking forward to that. And then my family, yeah, similar to yours. I mean, my my family never has the uh, the huge family get-togethers like I think yours does during this time of year. But we, we typically will have, like, different sides of the family. We'll either go hang out with them or they'll come hang out with us and have, like, uh, a meal and play video games or play board games and stuff. But this year we'll just be... The immediate family, which is honestly, I might prefer it on it. Like, I I think we talked about this before, but uh, some like I love my family and whatnot, like uh, my extended family. But sometimes you you really notice this when you get together on the holidays and you start talking about like politics or something. You're like, wait a second, how am I how am I related <laughs> to these people? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of weird to think about. I mean, I love hanging out with them in doses, but sometimes too much of them can be like. Oh, this is why, <laughs> this is this is why I really just spend time with my immediate <laughs> immediate family. Maybe that's maybe that's a dark thought, but I uh, I am looking forward to you know seeing my sisters and my parents, and I'm also gonna bring Coda up, mm. which is the first time that she's gonna be back in that home since I took her, um, which is gonna be cool because she'll get to hang out with uh, you know the dogs that she grew up with, and I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Oh, that is kind of cool. Yeah, that my my dad was actually really looking forward to it too because uh, Max is one of their dogs and Coda and Max used to be just like best buds and so um, right now they have Max, Frankie, and Finley, um, three dogs and Frankie and Finley are both beagles and they're both closer in age so I think Max sometimes is like the third wheel almost and so uh, bringing Coda I think my dad was saying that he's really excited about that because it's another big dog and Max will have someone to play with yeah yeah it's gonna be a weird holiday for sure regardless of any of these outcomes but uh, I'm trying to do my best to stay in the the spirit of the holiday yeah with, (laughs) with that I mean are you like do you feel excited? Do you feel like you're looking forward to it or does it, do you feel any like of your energy dampened because of this time of year? I actually think that I feel a little, I think that the vaccine news has definitely helped me feel just a little bit better about the holiday season because I feel like we've gotten some positive momentum of some things. It feels like in the world over the last month or so. And I think I feel like, you know, this is going to be a weird holiday, but hopefully the next holiday, like the next 
um, winter holidays, it isn't going to be so weird. So uh, I think I'm just I'm just kind of happy, one, that 2020 is coming to an end because it wasn't exactly uh, my favorite year. And uh, I just like Christmas so much that I'm I'm still a little bit excited for it. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. This will be like a breath of fresh air. And I haven't been home since uh, – when did my sister graduate? It was like June or July? Yeah, it's been a while for you. Yeah, so it's going to be nice to – you know, we, we obviously had Thanksgiving together. Uh, didn't go home for Thanksgiving, and uh, it's always nice to just – that is the one thing I do – really appreciate when you don't live at home like I, I think sometimes when you just live in the same place and you know your parents are up the road or something you can sometimes take it for granted but uh it's it's so nice that home is almost like a refuge from the real world it's like really going home is super refreshing and a nice reset and uh and I'm going to get to stay there for an entire week, which is, you know, it's not like, oh, we got to get everything in in a weekend. It'll be a whole week where I get to, where I get to spend time with, with loved ones. Does it normally snow on Christmas in Minnesota? Uh, maybe not necessarily Christmas Day, but uh, it'll snow around that time, and there will be snow on the ground for Christmas typically. Okay. Uh, the, part of the reason why I wonder that is because that is like the one frustration of going up where I grew up in Ohio versus – or and also here in Chicago, honestly, is like it doesn't really snow that much until January and February, mm-hmm. which is always annoying because like I, I want it to be. I mean, in a perfect world, it would just snow Christmas Eve, and then it would still be stuck on Christmas Day, and then that would be it. <laughs> if only weather worked exactly the way that we <laughs> wanted it to. <laughs> I know that would be perfect. Yeah, but it doesn't do that, or even anything close. Because I would say like it's less likely than not that it will snow on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, in Minnesota, like there are, have been times where it's been snowing on Christmas, and those are always, I love when, when you mm-hmm. see that. Uh, but typically, I mean, it starts snowing. It can snow in like October, sometimes definitely in November, and then uh, December there should be plenty of snow on the ground. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the one thing. It, it honestly kind of stinks because, uh, like, I growing up in Minnesota, I got so accustomed Like the way that Christmas is marketed uh, automatically because it's the winter time of year, uh, you kind of feel like snow should be on the ground. Like that's kind of how it's marketed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with that. So not only the marketing kind of reinforced that idea, but then also I experienced it. And so moving other places and not getting – like when I lived in Tennessee, for instance, and it wasn't snowing during Christmas, it was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. And now in Chicago, it might not be. Uh, if I ever want to move to like Florida or something, I feel like that'll just be like, oh, this is not what it's sixty degrees during Christmas. This is this is lame. But um, then again, that warm weather would be pretty dang yeah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I always I always feel like a lot of times I get over some of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, getting that vitamin C by being out all the time would be pretty nice. That would be really nice. Do you uh, have you ever tried like vitamin C tablets, anything like that? Uh, I mean, I take like daily vitamins, which I guess has a lot of that. I mean, I've I tried steroids, but <laughs> that's why I'm so buff. Oh, okay, so steroids. <laughs> yeah, I've never done steroids. Oh, you haven't? No. I could borrow. I could lend you some if you want. Perfect. That's your Christmas present this year. That, steroids. That could become like my next content, like 2021. Because I've been thinking, like, what's my 2021 content gonna be? Like, maybe I'm just a steroid channel. Dang. That's a nice niche. It's definitely a niche. <laughs> I'm sure I'd get a lot of great loyal supporters there. Yeah, definitely. Cream of the crop, for sure. Cream of the crop. Awesome. Well, you want to do our um, – we have a little Christmas segment planned for you guys. Um, are you kidding me? <laughs> Quit playing the episode while we're doing the episode. Um, I, I got you covered. How, how vain are we? <laughs> If we watch, if we listen to our own episode while we're recording the episode, it'd be pretty bad. Um, so what we wanted to do was go through um, this this list here. It's called the forty Christmas presents that every kid in the nineties absolutely had to have. We always like, I mean, Christmas already kind of has a nostalgic feel in general, but we like doing some of these segments or episodes where we we talk about the nineties, being nineties kids. Yeah, love it. Uh, and so we wanted to kind of go through, and we'll give these ratings and talk about some of these. We probably won't do all forty because some of these uh, that we that we've seen we don't really remember or 
we didn't get or something. So, uh, but we'll go through this list as, as much as we can and uh, and give these these gifts some ratings based on our experiences. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, we're gonna avoid the ones that we we don't know. Yeah. So we'll see how many that puts us with. Like we don't we don't know the first one on here, and the second one I know Brandon doesn't know. So we're moving on to uh, a Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. All right, I'm gonna give this one uh, two reindeer. Two reindeer. Is that a good reindeer? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's out of five reindeer. So that, that's two reindeer is not good. Um, Tamagotchi. It's not that I didn't like him. I I did have one. I had like a dinosaur one. It wasn't like an actual Tamagotchi. It was one of those like knockoff brands. Yeah, that was what like a little like electronic thing that you like raised the the, the kid in. Yeah. 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 Okay. I I mean I did like it because I think the one that I had you could like make the dinosaurs fight each other, mm-hmm. and you could link up with other people that have that same dinosaur thing. But I feel like that was such a small population. I never got to, <laughs> never got to do it. Yeah. I never, I never had a Tamagotchi, so really, I mean, I'd seen them before, but I would say I'm pretty like not versed in the Tamagotchi. But it was something. How many reindeer would you give? It? I, if I had to rate it out of a reindeer, I'd give it like a uh, one reindeer. One reindeer. One Holy reindeer crap, because dude. I never had it. I was never like the most interested in getting it, but I thought it was kind of interesting. That's a so harsh it's reindeer. So it's not a zero. Okay, the one reindeer though is Dancer, and that's one of my favorite <sighs> of the reindeer. So. Why is that one one your favorite? I don't know. Don't, don't ask too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really pressing you on this. Yeah, All right, I, next I one know. is uh, Rubik's Cube. What do you give this one? I, I'll i give this... Um, how about... I'll give this three... Nutter Butters. <laughs> <laughs> three Nutter Butters. Which, nice. as a kid, was my favorite dessert snack. Ooh, so three of them. You, you yeah, would like about three Nutter Butters, Yeah, I but like. three Nutter Butters is nothing for me. Because yeah. I could eat like a thousand Nutter <laughs> That's Butters. That's true. So <laughs> this scale is out of a thousand. <laughs> thousand Nutter Butters. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so not not the, like I, I could never figure it out. And because I'm I'm very competitive against myself, I'm pissed about this. So low rating. Ooh, so if I'm doing Nutter Butters rating, um, I'll give it. I'll give it five Reese's Cups. Perfect. <laughs> out of how many? Uh, uh, well, no, it's it's out of a thousand Nutter Butters. So oh, it, it five doesn't... Reese's Cups out of a thousand. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't know the current exchange rate. So <laughs> and nobody does, but that's what I'm going to give it. Uh, Rubik's Cubes, eh, I could always figure out one side of them, but I don't think that's hard. I would always just get the red side completely covered because that's my favorite color. So that's... I don't even think I ever got one as a gift. Did you ever have a kid in your school who would just walk around with the Rubik's Cube and be like, look how quickly, folks, that I can do this here. I didn't. No, did you? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh. You used to piss me off. Did he sound exactly like that? Yeah, pretty much. That's what it <laughs> sounded like to me. Your impressions have gotten so good. I mean, I don't know that kid, but I'm sure it was really good. I'm sure he's got a better job than both of us. <laughs> Probably, yeah. The <laughs> Rubik's Cube actually was something to pay more attention to. Yes. Okay, Super Soaker. Oh, Super Soaker. Hell yeah. Super Soaker gets uh, 50 Jingle Bells. 50 Jingle Bells? 50 Jingle Bells. Uh, I'm going to give it 50 Jingle Bells, too. Super Soaker's Damn, were awesome. Dude. I was a big fan of these. I have one hilarious story where I kept uh, filling up a Super Soaker and spraying my friend when he had a, we had a sleepover, and I just kept spraying <laughs> He got so pissed that he took it and threw it on the ground and broke it. Are you serious? Yeah, you're a real nice guy. <laughs> real nice guy. You could piss people off so much they would break. Was it your super soaker? It was it? mine, yeah. I mean, I, wow. de- I deserved it because he was like, dude, please stop. And I was like, no, get soaked, dude. We still to this day talk about it. Like He was like my best friend back in fifth grade. And I just remember it was so dramatic. Like I remember he was like so frustrated with me. He like like stood off and like looked at the sky and was like so pissed that I kept <laughs> trenching him and then I would come up. You and do I'd... take things too far sometimes. Though. It's like, stop. For the sake of Colin. Wait, so did, did uh, like after it broke, what happened? Was it just like a, I'm sorry? I think I probably spazzed out on him for breaking it or something. <laughs> we got over <laughs> it, though. Our friendship's never been better. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know that. I, 
I vaguely do uh, yeah. a little bit, but not enough to talk about it. No, not on that one. No, I don't talk about it. Oh, do you remember? Do you mm. ever have a Furby? I had a Furby. Okay, okay. Yes. So, I uh, Furby. Um, we had two different Furbies, and I will give this um, a Blastoise Pokemon code. Dang, that's a pretty good holographic or holographic. Yeah, holographic. Damn, original. I forget what the original set of Pokemon booster packs are called, but whatever the with original a with one a is. ten rating. Uh, I would give it one Blastoise out of all the Pokemon cards in the original one fifty. No, I mean like you know how the people that try to sell Pokemon cards they get it sent off oh, for like oh, a rating. Like a, yeah, like a PSA eight. PSA, and stuff yeah. Like that. Ooh, I'll say PSA 9 Blastoise. Ooh, that's still a pretty <laughs> solid Blastoise. You could probably sell that one for a pretty, pretty yeah. good chunk of change. Um, interesting. Okay, I'll give this... I'll give this a holographic war, war turtle. Okay, okay. not a real Pokemon card in the real in first gen, but probably later on they made one. Yeah. Um, oh, there were only some that had holographics? Yeah, only... Um, like. I don't. I can't name every single one, but probably like thirty out of the hundred and fifty had a holographic. Maybe nice. Okay, um, yeah. So this wasn't first gen, so it's not as valuable. <laughs> so <laughs> um, Furbies for me. I, I think even Furby was one of those toys that came out that people were like, "Oh, make sure you get it and <laughs> don't open the box because you could probably sell them later on." I think like Cabbage Patch Kids were like that. Uh, Beanie Babies, Furbies. Um, so I never really like enjoyed playing with it or anything but uh i did have one at some point yeah i i kind of liked furby because it was like it was really annoying but in a in a way where like it was still charming like it would piss me off but it's like such a memorable toy and like i i still enjoyed it for whatever reason yeah okay uh laser tag <sighs> Laser tag. We'll give this seven lasers. Okay. And uh, the reason I give it seven lasers is it would get ten lasers. I'll tell you that. I had a lot of fun with laser tag. I did have one laser tag set, I believe. Or maybe it was my friend's and he brought it over for my birthday. But we played laser tag for my birthday one year. The problem is my parents had me when they were 16. And so my siblings are all a lot younger than me. Um... Well, I mean, Amber's only, like, what, four years younger? But it wasn't like they were sitting in the basement playing laser tag with me. So having laser tag wasn't that valuable because my dad didn't want to play laser tag with me. So it's like the quality of the times I did get to use laser tag, 10 out of 10 lasers. The time, like, owning the gift itself of laser tag, 7 out of 10 lasers because I barely got to use it. Mm, I I did have laser tag. It never worked very well. I tried to play it in my house as a kid. There wasn't like a lot of space to run around. Like it didn't work the best for that. But it I still felt cool doing it. Like I, there was something about it that I I felt like I was in um the future. Uh, obviously, going to virtual uh or going to like laser tag places, like specifically designed for laser tag definitely was better than the ones you could have at home but um i think i would give this like the ones at home like a five out of ten lasers but i think if you actually went into a laser tag place it's like a eight or nine out of ten yeah do you remember the story of how i got a girl's number at laser tag once i do (laughs) see that's why you get seven out of ten lasers there are some good memories of laser tag Uh, did you ever have a BMX bike? Yeah, dude. Uh, this was like a big trend, I feel like, in the 90s. And mm-hmm. we moved – well, technically, I moved to Buffalo, Minnesota in the 2000s. But I wanted a BMX bike, and I got a lot of use out of my bike because we moved into a new development. And when we moved there, there were – because it was a new development, there were all these – houses that were about to go up and so you had all these lots that they had like Uh, bobcat hills on and Mm -hmm. so we would take we would literally like ride it like it was a track like a uh one of those not not a bmx track but like uh 
you know, mountain bike track or dirt bike track, and we would ride up and down it and try to do tricks off of the the Bobcat Hills, and it was I had a, a lot of fun with that. Did you have one? I did not. No, I never had. I had just like a normal bike. I'll give it. I'll give it uh, three kiss. Chris, <laughs> three kiss. Uh, three Christmas cookies out of one Hershey's kiss. This is getting hard to follow. Wait, three Hershey kisses out of no, no, three Christmas cookies out of one Hershey's kiss. Okay, then I actually thought BMX bikes were really cool. I feel like I never had the the I, I if I never had like the coolest thing. I feel like that was at the time, and if I did have it, I was always a little late to the game. But I never had a BMX bike. I thought the scene was cool, but um, I would give it. It was out of uh, Hershey kisses. I could eat a lot of Hershey Kisses, so I'll give it 17 Hershey Kisses because I thought it was Wow. I you, thought it was great. You didn't give it Christmas cookies out of Hershey's Kisses, huh? No, because to me, I think I like Hershey Kisses more than than Christmas cookies. Okay, so personally. then that makes sense. Yeah, personally. Um, This next one's a stink. <laughs> the next one on here literally just says Pokemon, which there are so many things that go with this, but what's the first thing that you think of when you read just Pokemon? Red version. Okay, so I think of... Um, I, I think in terms of Christmas, I think I actually think of Pokemon Yellow, or or I think I got Yellow for my birthday. That's yeah, I, I, maybe I did actually because I Pokemon Yellow came out. I think I didn't get it in time for Christmas. Maybe maybe I got like a little bit afterwards. But I just remember it was like impossible to get that game, and I actually did get it at some point, and it was awesome. So we we both think of like the Game Boy games. Yeah, I, I think about the uh, game, the original Game Boy Pocket games. Or just Game, I had a Game Boy? Boy? I had a Game Boy Color. Um, yeah, but the, those games weren't even Game Boy Color. You could play it on Game Boy Color, but they actually aren't technically Game Boy Color games, which I didn't realize. The first Game Boy Color Pokemon games are gold and silver. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, Interesting. I, yeah, it, it's uh, a weird thing that I didn't even realize until like a little bit after the fact. Man, I, I, I want to go back and play those games. I, I miss them a little bit. Uh, yeah, I actually have um, I have a Nintendo DS here, so I have uh, Leaf Green, which is like Pokemon Blue. It's like a, re- a recreation of it. Nice. It's pretty fun. Um, I mean, rating this, I would rate it uh, 148 Pokemon out of 151. Dang. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. I'll give it three Charizards. Is that... Was that, no wait? Is your favorite Pokemon Charizard? I forget. I feel like you've actually said this before. No. Who was your favorite? My. Uh, <laughs> I feel like my favorite's kind of lame. Who? Machoke. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I I really liked his Pokemon card. I think he was like on a knee and like flexing yeah, or something yeah, he like was. that. He was he was yoked. And I I just really liked it, so he, he I, I always try to get him. In the in the games and like level him up. Any of these other ones you feel really passionate about before? We um, keep going. There's forty of them. You know what I wish I had? What? So Nintendo. I wish I had an N64 growing up. I had a PlayStation and then we got an Xbox, but I missed the N64, so I didn't get like. You missed out. That's my favorite. Super Mario or what is it? Mario and. N- N- Super Mario 64. Super Mario 64. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't. I need to play Ocarina of Time. Um, there was a South Park game on N64 that I, that. I played at some friend's house. I, I, you know, I didn't get to own. Um, GoldenEye was on it. You know, so many like classic games were on that system, and uh, I got to play it when I would hang out with my uncle because he had an N64. But uh, that was few and far between, so it, it kind of stinks. Honestly, my childhood was really rough, guys. You you missed out on it because it actually was it was pretty great. Um, Game Boy, there's yeah, yeah. Game Boy is actually on here. Um, it said rollerblades, but I remember Beyblades were somewhere <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I, I bet you do. I love Beyblades. GI <laughs> Joe, dude, that was your favorite thing, dude. <laughs> I did have G. a GI Joe hoodie. I did have a GI Joe. Yeah. And one. Dude, I, it's it's so obvious to know that you had a G.I. Joe. Get the hell out of here, dude. This has been our uh, Christmas, what was this called again? 90s Christmas presents that, or 40 Christmas presents that every kid in the 90s absolutely had to have. Only we only did like 
Eight of them. Well, of them. Yeah, happy birthday. What? <laughs> yeah, we uh, that that list is cool to look at though because I do. There's like a lot of Christmas gifts that I look back on and like there was. They're, they're just it's like memorable when you opened it or the first time you saw someone that had it or you remember the commercials. I always like stuff like this. Did your did your family take home videos when you were a kid? Not as much as you, but the one the videos that we do have is we have every Christmas up until I think I was a senior in high school. Because I would because I kind of like I remember some gifts that I got that I loved when I was a kid, and I think that's why I remember them. But it's kind of cool to go back and watch our present opening and seeing my reaction as a little kid to some of the games that I got or that game. I mean, a lot of times it was games that I was really excited about. I remember one year with the Game Boy Advance, the game that I wanted was Metroid Fusion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't really even know anything about Metroid, but for whatever reason, I think I might've saw a trailer for that or something. It like looks so good. And I ended up getting that. I also got Fire Emblem. I got Fire Emblem for my birthday, but it was like the same year that I got a Game Boy Advance. And uh, the Game Boy Advance was also really special for me because my parents did something brilliant. And I think I might have talked about this before, but I wanted a Game Boy Advance and I kept asking them for one. And they said, no, we're not getting you a Game Boy Advance. And then Santa Claus got me a Game Boy Advance. And so I was like, fuck you guys, Santa (laughs) got me one. (laughs) That was brilliant on their part because I think that uh, that was like around the time that I probably would have started figuring out that Santa wasn't real. And, uh, I think I was gullible enough to be like, well, they said they weren't going to get me a Game Boy Advance, and Santa got me one, so Santa's real. I love how we talked about this before, that one of my favorite things is how both of us believed in Santa probably a little bit later than we should, (laughs) just because we're like, there's no way all these people believe in something that's not real. Yeah. (laughs) We were just like- There was logic to it. Yeah, exactly. Like- I, because there was, there's like websites that show you where Santa is over the course of the night. And I'm like, do you really think that someone would make a whole website yeah. that shows you where Santa is over the, over the whole globe? No way someone would just make this just because. This is clearly like built a, a, in Santa Claus labs or something. Well, I remember, like, you know, the way that I argue. Like, sometimes it can be kind of intense. I remember, like, my cousins trying to spoil it for me. Like, Brandon, Santa's not real. And I'd be like, oh, yeah? Santa's not real? Really? How, how does that make any sense? I'd be like, if if Santa's not real, you're so it's my parents? Who gives my parents <laughs> gifts? You think my grandparents <laughs> are driving over giving my parents gifts? That makes no sense. It didn't occur yeah. to me that my parents could just get gifts for themselves. And it's funny, too, to look back at the home videos and watch my parents, like, totally give it away. Like, not even really subtle. They'd be like, oh, Santa got me this DVD. It's what I wanted. You know, they were, like, totally giving away <laughs> that they got it for themselves. <laughs> but I was just so enamored with whatever Santa got me that I didn't pay attention to it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I just think that was funny because we somehow we got in a conversation of how we were both like real Santa Claus defenders back in the day. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> you and I are also people that really challenge things a lot, like now in our adult years, mm-hmm. like beliefs or just thoughts, theories on things. Like we're not going to just believe something to believe something. We're going to actually like think about it and talk about it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's th- it's funny to think back in Christmas because we really wanted, probably really wanted to believe. That Santa was real and stuck by her guns. Yeah, that that's really funny to me. Let's uh, oh. let's um with the remaining part of this show, I think one of the main things we want to focus on is as we do in every end of the year podcast. Since now this is a little bit earlier than we would normally do it, but it's still the last episode of the year. We like to take a look back on the year that was and. Uh, the year that it was was very out of the ordinary. It had some definite highlights and it had some lowlights. And the the most important thing that happened this year was that the Everything Must Go podcast officially became a Chicago podcast. Because up until this year, for anyone who followed, we always advertised it as a Chicago podcast. But it was really a Minnesota and Chicago podcast. So uh, the best place to start is Brandon moved to Chicago. Yes, that was huge. And uh, and it's crazy to think about, too, how I feel like the podcast went through 
a couple big changes this year, that being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, me moving to Chicago and us being able to do these in person uh, and just remembering the fact that the podcast in a lot of ways kind of started even the thought of me moving here and uh, really inspired a lot of the stuff to come. But uh, on top of that, um, I think this studio setup was something kind of inspired through the podcast. We had talked about, do we get a separate build? Like, do we do we try to get a lease on a, a separate place that we make our studio? Uh, do you get, do one of us get a two bedroom apartment that we make one of the rooms a studio? Like all these thoughts. And so having, it was one thing to be a Chicago podcast and us to record it on in the living room at your old apartment. But now to have this specific setup definitely feels feels more legit. And, uh, I mean, you've even talked about um, not even just for the podcast, but stepping into this room kind of gives you the vibe of, oh, I'm going to be creative. Definitely. Yeah, that was – like it really was a a big milestone when Brandon moved here and it really was like a separate milestone when I had this studio set up for the first time and I was like wow this is something that I sort of envisioned two years prior it was like two years in the making until the moment happened where we actually had like the microphones we could pull over and we could sit in these chairs so that was that was a really cool moment because I had I had really thought about having like a studio set up like this for even prior to those two years. Like I wanted to do it for a long time, but it was cool to finally be able to do this. And I do feel like it took everything must go and all other creative projects to the next level. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's kind of funny the way that things, um, kind of snowball into other things sometimes. Now that can be really bad with the, with the whole, when it rains, it pours. But I think with uh, creative things, it's kind of beautiful. Cause I think, Moving to Chicago, or like the podcast itself, I think was something that possibly inspired moving to Chicago. It also kind of inspired us in our own individual creative endeavors. But then moving to Chicago inspired this idea of a studio setup because we wanted our video podcasting to be more legit, more professional. But then the release of season two. Um, you know, people that, you know, the audience members at home, you might not pay attention to the, the season two aspect. It's it's not necessarily something that we are uh, overtly expressing. It's just like a new theme song, new thumbnails, new logos, like all this stuff is uh, our stepping stones to a, a more um, legit setup and, and uh, a more... Uh, captured vision of 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 where our creativity evolves to and uh, it's it's it for as much as this year has been challenging and has tested us I think even those three things you know me moving to Chicago having the studio set up and then the release of season two of the podcast and the the different ways that we um, are releasing this content it's a that's a pretty good year. I feel like that's a, that's a being consistent within this. Like we talked about can get monotonous, but it's not like we just sat on our hands. Like we, we, we did some big stuff this year. Yeah. It, it, it's important when you do anything to look back on it occasionally, just to, to make sure that you realize that you are moving forward. You are taking steps forward on things. And especially in a year like 2020, that's been very challenging for the podcast. Uh, especially because the plan with the podcast from basically the moment that Brandon moved here was we wanted to do uh, a, a guest on like a biweekly basis on the show. That was one of the plans that we had. And then the pandemic happened. And then, yes, of course, we could have done some Zoom. Um, we could have done it over Zoom, but we sort of just made this like conscious decision to focus on other things. And the podcast didn't go the way that we expected it to go this year but we still did it like we still moved it in the direction that we wanted it to go into which is we wanted to update the thumbnails we wanted to do like a season two we wanted a new studio set up uh we wanted to organize the podcast just a little bit better a little bit different we wanted to feel more professional and i mean when we first started this show we just recorded the audio on our phones there was no video component at all 
And when you look at that and you compare it now to a live streamed video podcast with uh, a studio setup, it's come a long way in that regard. And I think that we really set ourselves up for a much better 2021 in terms of making progress on the show. And I think that we, we still stick with the, the idea that the podcast kind of runs itself. And the important thing is for us to focus on our, our individual um, creations that we do. And then the podcast is one of several collaborations that you will see us work on together. But it's just always been like a nice way for us to do something that comes very natural, which is just talk about things that we want to talk about. And if this ever wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. Like if this stopped being fun, we wouldn't do it. But it is fun because it kind of comes effortlessly. And it's um, – it, I feel like I always gain a little bit of something when we do it. Definitely. It, it kind of feels like an anchor of sorts um, for us. And keeping that consistency, I think, helps keep us motivated in other other areas. Um, so it's it, – it has been a year that was completely unexpected, obviously, with everything that happened. But I think uh, the thing I appreciate about the podcast specifically with this year is um, us setting ourselves up for the future almost. You know, even if this year was a little more difficult because we didn't get to do a lot of the things that we wanted to do with the podcast, I think some steps that we took um, are going to be really beneficial for us down the road in, you know, the way that we set up the video, uh, the studio setup in general, the, the microphones, um, the, the the just overall vibe of the show um, with with season two, I think, is all really exciting stuff. And going forward, I think will benefit us um, in a way that maybe we didn't get to see in 2020, but we'll get to see down the line. Um, I am curious, though, for you personally, um, you know, in, and include, I guess, work, include creativity and your uh, creative endeavors in general and then also uh, you know wh- however much you want to talk about personal life how, how have you felt about this year what have you learned what if what are you happy about sad about all that good stuff yeah so as a whole this has not been a very good year for me uh, it, it it hasn't been a good year in the sense of like I am very goal-oriented I've not met the goals that I've wanted to do this year um, I Obviously, I had one idea of what I wanted this year to be. That didn't pan out. Um, I I feel like in a lot of ways, it's a it's just a very disappointing year for me. With that being said, and I know that I, I always feel like I lean a little bit on the optimistic side of things. I do feel like it has definitely not been all bad for me. Um, for example, like I have, I've probably made more money this year than I ever have any year of my life. So like. When a lot of people are struggling financially, this was actually probably my best year up to this point. Um, I, I've actually been able to maintain um, a workout regimen. Like it's been tough because I have to do it from home. Like I'm not going to a gym now, but I've got some equipment here, so like at least I can get some of that going. Um, you know, most of the people that I care about in my life have stayed relatively healthy this year, which has been good. But, um. It's really put a lot of things in perspective for me. Like it has a lot of people and it's it's exposed a lot of the things about me that I think are the flaws. I think I said before that I feel like 2019 showed me what I was capable of and 2020 has exposed what my flaws are that I still need to really work on. So that part sucks because I do feel like I've been exposed to um, how – you know, I ended up going to the ER one day in 2020 pretty much because of one of my flaws, which is I try to do too much sometimes where like when I need to to take a step back and slow down, I don't. Um, and, you know, it causes me like my body to break down or causes me to have a lot of really bad anxiety. So that's some things I need to to take care of. But I guess I will say I am proud of myself for how I've handled 2020 because despite it being a very disappointing and not very uh, definitely not a year that I had in mind, I have just continuously just trucked along as if like nothing was going to phase me. And yes, some of the things have phased me in the sense, but I just like I, I don't feel like I'm going into 2021 like 
playing a massive catch up, which is honestly that was my that was my goal. It's like I want to go into 2021 feeling like I'm just trucking along still, and then when things start to open back up again, I'm just gonna especially do really well because I didn't allow myself to fall too far behind. So that's kind of my thoughts. I'm definitely thankful that I am where I am at this point. I'm so pumped that the podcast has been able to go through all this because I do feel like having that backbone has been important for us to be able to meet meet up um, is something that, you know, some people might tell us that this is not the best idea. And of course, it's always a calculated risk, but we have been super careful, super mindful of when we do see each other and we have very few people that we ever spend time with. So this is something that I do look forward to, to doing, um, when we can. And, um, I don't know, I go, I go into 2021 feeling very thankful that I'm in the position that I am in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think for a lot of us, when we talk about 2020, it can sound like a broken record of, yeah, it's not been a good year for me. You know, I think uh, a lot of people can uh, can relate to that sentiment. But um, I think that it's important to to talk through this stuff and to to discuss what you've learned. And I I honestly think that I I feel really good about 2020 in a lot of ways um, because it's a year of growth because it's a year of lessons and um, things to remind us what to appreciate. And also to hit us over the head with things that maybe we weren't paying attention to. Um, and I think that that's why I, I've kind of always been a person that's looking for those kind of things. And I think the fact that this year gave us a lot of those makes me feel sort of fulfilled in a sense with with this year. Like, And that's not to uh, minimize or invalidate how tough this year has been for anybody. And there have definitely been phases of this year that for me personally – I've struggled with things. Um, but I think that I I walk out of 2020 feeling very optimistic for 2021 and not just um, not just because of what has happened to me personally, but thinking of um, what I can do moving forward, what we can do moving forward and and how this situation that uh, everyone has been in, uh, might change us, uh, and I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that it, it's going to change us for the better. Um, to get more specific on things, I think um, some nice things happened this year. I think 2020 has been my most consistent year as far ha- as uh, creating has gone. Um, the podcast has been a huge part of that, obviously, but um, I have you know my YouTube channel that I've uh, you know a couple times missed weeks of, of posting stuff, but, um, you know, I'm getting close to 50 covers and that's, uh, that's been really cool, uh, to accomplish. And, um, on top of that, doing the songwriter songwriters this year, and I was doing, uh, other stuff on my channel, but then I was like, you know what, one of the things I want to do is this gaming stuff, you know, creating a channel for that and, and kind of finding a passion within streaming that stuff. Um, has been really excited and has made me feel really optimistic for setting some goals. You know, Stephen and I set these uh, New Year's goals every year, and uh, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I didn't meet some of my goals, um, most of my goals, uh, because of the limitations that, that we've run into, um, no fault of our own. But, uh, like, this year I feel like has been a, a, a year of learning and also a year of you know, we t- I think we talked uh, back in 2018 about how 2018, maybe even 2019 a little bit, was the year of setting up the podcast for the future. It was like us kind of getting our feet as, as we try to run. Um, I feel like that's how this year has been for me personally, is, it, you know, moving to Chicago, doing things that I, I have never done before, um, and uh, really trying to find what makes sense for me has been uh, really, really helpful. And then another thing that happened this year was um, I got a girlfriend, which uh, I think is kind of a surprising um, thing to have happened, uh, not only because we're in a pandemic and it's like, how do you meet people and 
develop a relationship uh, during this time, but also just because of, uh, you know, where I was at personally. Um, you know, the last relationship I had been in ended in 2017, but um, the the residual effects or the, the wreckage that uh, remained after uh, that relationship um, was a lot to go through, a lot to heal from, and it took me a while, and I had kind of come to a place where I felt like I was completely okay with being alone. And uh, that felt really liberating, really good, and, and helped me make the decision that I did to, to come to Chicago um, and leading to a relationship that I'm very happy with and uh, excited to see the future of um, also leads me to be happy about uh, some things in, in, that led in this year and also lead into 2021. And so I'm, I'm overall actually sort of optimistic about this year, feeling like uh, things personally, um, for my creative endeavors, things personally for my social life, um, even the relationships, I feel like I've been growing with my, my, um, my family. Uh, you know, I've had a couple deep talks with my sisters that I never had before, you know, and I don't know if that was because of this year or just because maybe I'm maturing as a person. Um, but just things like that, I look back on it. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm enjoying life right now. And and it's it's a weird thing to say like I'm enjoying life right now. I, I mean that's I hope that people are enjoying their lives, but there have definitely been times I wasn't. Like life just kept knocking me down. And uh you'd think that uh this year would be this you know same old same old with with how everything's happened, but for whatever reason I've I've kind of found myself in this pocket of optimism and uh feeling um excited you know for the future and I know I think part of the reason why I'm so grateful of that and I, I feel so positively I know a lot of people don't have that luxury of, of feeling that same way I know that a lot of people have gone through some really hard times this year and uh, are struggling or have struggled and uh, I, I think that I'm always a, a person who is hoping to be helpful to people hope, hoping to be a positive influence and so I think one of the reasons I even feel as optimistic as I do is I think in life when it comes to kindness and, and generosity, the best that you can be for other people is when you're at your best. And so these things that I think have happened for me that I feel really positive about and I'm excited about, I'm also excited about because of how they might either directly or indirectly impact other people in my life. You know, if I'm taking care of myself mentally and emotionally and physically, Steven's going to feel that even though I'm not specifically doing something for Steven. Like I'm, I'm taking care of myself. And so my positive energy and whatever I can just, if I just hang out with Steven, he's going to feel that and him being an extrovert, he's going to soak some of that up and, and maybe that that's better. And I, I, so it, it makes me happy that I've, taken some of these steps and and hopefully will continue to do so uh, going into the next year. But I, I think that I've walked away with more of a positive than a negative mindset um, on this year. And just last thing, I know I'm, I'm talking way too much, but um, last thing in terms of lessons, like this year with, um, you know, the George Floyd incident we talked about uh, on, the, on the show and going to a couple of protests and just the political um, scope of this, you know, this election year and all, all this stuff, I think that even pay attention to society and, and to people that may go unheard or, or ignored, um, many times has been eye opening for me and makes me, inspires me even more to do something with my life, to do something that, um, could mean something. And, uh, I'm not going to be in control of a lot of that, but, uh, that's where the excitement comes. Like I'm, I'm excited for the surprise of what I can do with my life and how I can give back to this existence. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'll leave it off. Yeah. I think Brandon moving to Chicago this year should be, um, for any person who feels a little bit nervous to make a, a, a big life decision on making a move or, uh, anything that you've ever really wanted to do that you've, you've had any sort of doubt in, I feel like Brandon moving to Chicago this year is a good lesson to any people where 
prior to moving to Chicago, Brandon was kind of in a situation where he was not around a lot of people and he was kind of in an isolated area where, yeah, he could focus on himself specifically. But I do feel like there is something to be said about changing your environment, introducing good influences around you and just what you are able to achieve. Because even in a year that's been really hard on uh, um, honestly most people, um, there's been something that's been positive for Brandon, which is like the change of scenery, introducing a bunch of new things uh, in into a life where I feel like when you were in Rochester, you felt like you were a little limited as to what you could do. And I mean, we, we both have agreed before that just like the energy of being around people sometimes goes a long way. It, it really does. Like it's been like during this pandemic, it's been huge for me to have Brandon nearby because there's some times where just going on a walk outside, both wearing our masks, just walking around the city. You probably have seen some of these vlog videos on my channel. Like that was something that I had to just, when I, when I didn't know how else to do my YouTube channel, that was something that really was helpful is having another person who was creative and also was there to uh, just be like a social, <laughs> just a social situation. Uh, that's been really important. Um, but I, I just I wanted to add that because I know that there's a lot of people right now who they're, they're feeling like they're they're nervous about the future or they're nervous about making a move. And uh, when you make that move, sometimes like it is really nerve wracking. And this is one of those things that I think I am a little bit let down with myself recently. And I think it's partially understandable, but I do feel like sometimes doing that thing, you're a little bit nervous to do because you just like don't know what the outcome of it's going to be. A lot of times you just do it because the other outcome that's going to suck is if you don't do it and then you wonder what would have happened, that that's not a good thing to live with. And that's something that I try to avoid doing. So something in 2021, and we'll talk more about this in uh, towards the beginning of next year, we're going to do an episode where we talk about moving forward. But one thing that I would really like to do moving forward is get back to stepping more out of my comfort zone because I do feel like in 2020 to sort of prevent the anxiety of everything going on in the world, it's been nice for me to like stay more in my comfort zone, but I don't want to make that a habit because I do feel like when you step outside, you bring a lot of good things into your life. And I feel like you can kind of see that from the type of year that Brandon has had. And you can kind of see like what the weakness has been for me this year, which has been like me being very stuck, having to just go through the motions a lot, not stepping out my comfort zone as much as a coping mechanism and it's okay. Like it's, it's definitely okay. If you haven't had the best year, like I don't even mean to be preachy. It's okay. If you haven't had the best year, you're definitely not alone in that. But I, I am optimistic that 2021 will be better for the world. Um, and I am just like looking forward to being able to step outside of my comfort zone more in 2021. Absolutely. And, and like Steven said, our, our probably our next episode, which would be, be at the start of 2021 um, will be, uh, I think, themed around looking forward, looking ahead to that year. Um, and Stephen and I try to make a point to every year do do some goals with each other. Um, and I, I, it's something I really look forward to. So I, I'm excited to have that conversation, and, and especially uh, with how appropriate will it, it will be coming back after a little break from from the podcast. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that we wanted to talk about in this episode? Uh, nothing other than, uh, just being thankful for all of you who listen to the show still. Um, I think we say this every once in a while, but it, uh, definitely, um, important to note that it's, it's really cool that anybody listens to, to just a couple of guys from the Midwest having conversations. Um, you know, we have, we still do, but, uh, these all started with phone calls you know, phone calls about this kind of stuff. And we're like, why don't we every once in a while record it and, and uh, throw it out there. Um, it's, it's kind of refreshing to, to sit and listen to people who might have similar thoughts or thoughts that you relate to. And, and um, it's been really nice uh, to just have some of you here to talk to about this stuff or, or to um, kind of validate the fact that you have thoughts uh, similar to us or you relate to anything that we have to say. Um, so I'm really appreciative of all, all of you. Um, content has been a lifesaver, I think, for a lot of us this year as well. So 
we we have felt a responsibility to uh, to continue to produce uh, both individually and as a collective. Um, and so it's it's been awesome to have the opportunity to to speak with each other, but to speak to, with each other to you, the audience. And I uh, yeah, I just yeah. really appreciate it. I echo that, and I will say it has been very helpful to be in the content creation space in 2020 because it's something that in the past I don't know what I would have done with all this time to not like like this this has been great. It gives something. That's fun to do. That's productive. This is something I'm very thankful for uh, in this year. Awesome. Well, I suppose um, we won't be seeing you guys until next year. It's pretty crazy. <sighs> yeah, that's. Uh, I, I like to think that it is nice sometimes to step away from something because I think that you can, you can appreciate it a little bit. So hopefully we can appreciate this a bit because I know that um, it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I know that it's helpful to have a little perspective on something. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to um, give any uh, comments, questions, concerns, uh, you can always reach out to us. Even though we're not going to be doing the show, we love to hear from you guys. Uh, email is emgpod at gmail.com. Uh, voicemail is 513-427-EMG5, uh, 513-427-EMG5. If you want to reach out to us on social media, uh, our handle is at EMGPod. He is at Stephen Russell B., and I am at Brandon J. Flippin. Thank you guys so much for sticking around, hanging out with us. We will see you next year. Happy holidays. Yep, happy holidays. Talk to you all next year.